the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is Friday. Friday. That's good news, right? Welcome to the Friday edition of Southern California Live on KKLA, KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. And I hope you're taking a deep breath. I hope the news that it is Friday is good news. I hope you have uh, a weekend to look forward to. Uh, when our kids were little, the, Friday would mean that you stop by Little Caesars on the way home and you get some cheap pizza and some crazy bread. And then you would plan a Friday night. We we had Friday night movie night. Most, I mean, not every Friday night, but lots of Friday nights, the family together, we'd watch a movie. And we, for for us, it was digging back into some of the old classics. I would tape we didn't have DVRs back in the day, so I, I would on the on the VHS recorder I would tape um, Andy Hardy movies from the '40s for us to watch, or you know some of the old black and white the the musicals the stuff that was just fun stuff to watch, uh, and that would include going back into the Disney Vault, right? I mean, you would you would pull up. Some of those favorites from years gone by, Disney classics, Dis- Disney favorites, whether it was the old cartoons or Mary Poppins or uh, the, the stuff that I watched as a kid, we introduced it to our kids when they were at the right age and they loved it. So Friday night pizza and, and a movie and a lot of fun memories made around that. And then, of course, when there was something new in theaters that was safe to take the kids to or something that that seemed right we would maybe go out to a theater or we would wait until we could bring it home um and i I was thinking about that and i was thinking about disney this week it's not been a good week for the walt disney company if you're a shareholder it's it's not been a good week for your portfolio uh and and i disney's got two hundred thousand employees across all of its channels i probably more than that if you if you count everything disney owns at this point because you understand that disney is not just disney disney is abc and espn and theme parks and its movies and it's disney plus and that's star wars and that's i i mean there's just there's a bunch right but as i think most of you know some of you may work for the disney company here in southern california it's not unusual to bump into people who work for disney at the parks or for the studios for the company and i i think as you know when the florida parental rights in education bill came up in florida a few weeks ago and the the progressives those on the left including many media outlets decided to label the bill the don't say gay bill which was a mischaracterization of what the legislation was all about uh at, at first the disney company said 
we're not going to wade into this. And then a number of employees, particularly many out here in California, were thinking, we've got a theme park in Florida. Disney's big in Florida. We need to say something. We need to speak out. We have a corporate responsibility. And somehow they convinced the president of Disney that he did, in fact, need to weigh in on this and and raise concern about what Florida was doing on behalf of Walt Disney and and weighed into the the culture wars. And both the governor and the legislators in Florida said, okay, enough is enough. So this week, the House and Senate in Florida fast-tracked and passed a bill that revokes uh, tax advantages for the Disney company for the land on which Disney World and all of their hotels and properties the land in which all of that operates for 50 years they've had special benefits they've they've been running their own city basically that's all going away a year from now the governor signed that legislation today disney stock drops and disney as a company is well they're not saying much right now the the question is are they going to double down or are they going to uh, just be silent. It, it will be interesting to see. And will other companies and corporations, you know, this is not the first time something like this has happened. Delta airlines, uh, got involved in state legislation in Georgia last year when voter bills were being considered. Um, so this whole tension between corporate responsibility for issues of social responsibility and social justice. And is that right or that left? This is, uh, this has been a part of corporate America. All you have to do is watch advertising right now. And you're seeing advertisers virtue signaling around uh, the virtues that they want to be identified with, whether it's Adidas, Nike. Um, I'm not picking on shoe companies. They've just, they've been very prominent with it, especially during the NBA playoffs. Anyway, all of this to say, Disney's had a moment and they, they got uh, the, the, the legislation that was passed today. Should that hold? And should this status actually wind up being revoked? We're talking tens of millions of dollars in, in expenses for Disney that are going to emerge that have never been there before. It's, it's costing them for their political advocacy. But the question for us as Christians is, what do we do with Disney? And there was an article um, on, on the Gospel Coalition website, a part of Trevin Wax's blog, which is on the TGC website, which, by the way, if you're not reading that regularly, bookmark that, or better yet, sign up and subscribe to it like I do, so you get the email sent to you, so you can read what Trevin is commenting on each week, because it is good and clear and helpful, and I think it's 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 essential reading every week. I look forward to it. He wrote an article sh- that said we should talk about Disney, and so I reached out and said, "Okay, let's talk about Disney." And Trevin is joining us uh, this afternoon on Southern California Live to do just that. And Trevin, I'm glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us. 
Well, Bob, thanks for the kind words, and uh, thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Yeah, and so it's been a busy week for you. Were you in Louisville this week? I was. I was. I was there for the the final together for the Gospel Conference that that just wrapped up. And before we get into Disney, tell us about the final TGC or the final together for the Gospel Conference. You know, it was uh, it was a, it was bittersweet. Now, there's a lot of um, it, it's, at times it feels like a, it's a Bible conference and a family reunion, and you you run into so many friends and people that you've seen over the years. I, I was uh, I've been to all of them except for the very first one, which ironically I actually lived in Louisville during the first one, but just was was too busy with the seminary and other things going on. Um, but what you know, one of the beautiful things I was talking to a, a good friend of mine, and I said, you know, we met at this conference back in 2008, you know, which, you know, was 14 years ago. And um, so uh, there's just all those connections and the, uh, uh, the the books that they give away, some of them have been influential in my life and my thinking and um, the, the preaching and the, uh, the, the breakout sessions over the years uh, have, have been formative. So it was a it was good. Conferences play an important role, I think, in, in uh, American churches. And I'm, I'm sorry to see this one go, but uh, I know there will be others that uh, the Lord will, will raise up and will use in the future. I was at the Galt House in 2006 at the first one. I've been off and on to, to various uh, Together for the Gospel events over the years. It has been formative in my thinking. In fact, uh, the message that John Piper gave at that first conference where he articulated uh, just a clear articulation of the gospel that in, in a five-minute clip, I still have it bookmarked. I, I pull it out and show it from time to time in a variety of settings. I, I can look back on a number of the messages I've heard over the years that God has used in my own life and thinking. So if I'm going to go back and, and just pick one message from this week, what's do you have a recommendation on the one I should make sure I watch? Oh, you know, it's hard to to uh, um, to, to not want to go back and hear John Piper again. Uh, I know mm. you just mentioned him in 2006, but I think uh, even in 2022, and, and then the, and then a very fascinating, sometimes entertaining uh, discussion that he had with Mark Dever after that session, after after preaching, in which he talked about and reflected on 50 years of of ministry. Uh, that in itself was was a highlight uh, for me. There there were some great great talks all throughout the week, but I think that the, his and then the discussion afterwards, uh, I think were 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 good. And we and we need to we need to celebrate uh, pastors who have have a long and enduring ministries and are are finishing well. We need we need those models and those examples. Uh, I think for for the good of of the church in the future and uh, uh, pastors who are. Are, are you know coming up now, uh, listening and learning from those who uh, who were in the generations before? Well, I agree, and I will. Uh, I'll pull up Piper and the following uh, conversation on your recommendation. Thank you for that. Okay, let's talk about Disney and what's happened with Disney. You, first of all, you've got kids at home right now, don't you? I do. I do. Our oldest is about to go off to college. Our youngest is uh, eight years old. So we've got, we've so, got kids, so we've got kids from teenager all the way down. So you you're in the Disney years, whether it's uh, the latest Pixar film that's coming out or something, or or have you vac- have you done the Disney vacation thing? We have never actually done uh, Disney World or Disneyland, but we have done several Disney cruises over the years. Uh, yeah. We we did one when our son was 
really young. Then we did, we did one with our, our our son and our daughter, and then we we've, we've done one as a whole family as well. So uh, those those kind of give you the Disney experience without as much exhaustion as, as trying to do the theme parks. <laughs> We did one of those back, at, and it's it's memorable for our family because uh, after we booked the cruise, we learned that my wife was pregnant, and that cured her of wanting to go on any more cruises. To go on, on a cruise when you're in your sixth month or seventh month of pregnancy was not the ideal time to do it, although she's she's cruised again, but uh, uh, it, it was... It was memorable for more reasons than than Disney wanted to provide for us. So as as, as you look at this whole situation, and Trevin, I go back, um, I'm old enough that there was a, a season in my life where I didn't shop at 7-Eleven because they were carrying pornography. And then they quit carrying pornography, and I celebrated that and started going back to 7-Eleven. There, there was a season where I didn't shop at Target because the Dayton Hudson Corporation that owns Target I had given money to Planned Parenthood of Minnesota, and I thought, okay, can I shop at Target? Well, I'm at a point now where I look around and go, if I'm going to make consumer decision based on what corporate America is doing with uh, who they're supporting, I'm going to be eating every day at Chick-fil-A, and I think that's about it, right? Well, you know, what's interesting is that there is – uh, it, we, we live in an increasingly globalized economy, and it's very difficult to figure out exactly how you would even extricate yourself from any company or corporation that has some kind of ties to something that you you disagree with. It's just it's 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 certainly uh, quite the challenge. And and I you know there have boycotts can be effective, and they can certainly make. Um, they can certainly make companies uh, sit up and uh, really think twice about decisions that they may be making or uh, groups they may be associating with. Uh, their effect may be limited at times as well. So I think as Christians, as parents, we've got to think through this, um, uh, you know, in, in ways that, that that bring about wisdom and discernment as to what the best approach to take to uh, certain companies are when they um, – you know, align with agendas and with uh, beliefs that we would uh, would not want to be associated with. And and uh, it, it goes both ways, because as soon as you pull out a boycott tactic, well, as Chick-fil-A realized a few years ago, um, that can get turned around and people can start saying we need to boycott Chick-fil-A. And all of a sudden we have a a further polarized America where uh, one group eats at one chicken restaurant and another group eats at another chicken restaurant. And, and we're not really doing anything to try to promote uh, loving our neighbor. We're just uh, going back to our corners and, and sitting around with our tribe and saying, aren't we morally superior to those other guys because we eat the right chicken sandwiches here? Yeah. You know, this is actually, this is actually a symptom of a greater problem. And that problem is the, the creeping pervasiveness of politics into every single sphere of life. Uh, I mean, in the last 10 years, especially, we've seen this happen more and more to where, you know, even a chicken sandwich is politicized or, you know, Burger King's Whopper during Pride Month or, uh, you know, or it, it, so that's that's only food. But we've also seen the politicization that has taken place around sports and different positions that have been taken by different organizations. Now, there's almost an expectation uh, among some corporations and expectations that you're going to have some kind of. Uh, uh, virtue signaling or political values that are going to be displayed. In fact, 
I recently read a, a, an, an article, I believe it was in the New York Times, about McDonald's, and McDonald's is actually standing out uh, because they basically said they're they're just not going to do that. You know, like that's not what they that's not what they're about. They've got their mission. They don't. They're just not going to get involved in in different causes and things. And I. But what was fascinating to me is that that used to be the norm. Now McDonald's is the exception, um, and I think it shows the, the the shrinking space for areas of unity in the country that are not rocked by political polarization. And it's it, it makes things definitely challenging because people are are increasingly from the clothes they wear to the food they buy to the places that they that they shop to the organizations that they contribute to are 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 expressing their political identities in these things in ways that um, ultimately lead to increasing uh, polarization and the politicization of of everything around us. I I had, and again, I'll I'll get uh, kind of, I I was going to use the word triggered. Maybe that's what it is. There are times when I'll read about something, a company that I buy products from, and I'll hear they're giving money here or they're supporting this or they're doing ads like this. And I think, um, well, Nike, am I going to buy any Nike anymore? Burger King, am I going to buy any Burger King anymore? I'll tell you one that came up a few years ago was uh, I had bought razors and blades from Harry's, the shaving company. And then they send me an email and they say, uh, you know, part of the money that you're giving, we're giving to needy causes. And they mentioned a cause uh, that was, I forget what it was, but something that Gavin Newsom's wife was very heavily involved with. And it was, it was all about read. It was all about uh, ridding the country of toxic masculinity. You know, we're a shaving company and we want you to be thinking rightly about masculinity. And I thought, I liked your razors and your blades, but come on, do, do we have to, do we have to go here? Another one. And I, I hate to keep, you know, you could go all day with, with a list like this. I've got pairs of Merrill shoes in my closet. I'm wearing a pair right now, as a matter of fact. And a year ago on Transgender Awareness Day or whatever it was, Merrill sent out an email to everybody on their email list and said, we're proud supporters of this. And I thought, so you really, I I guess they're, they're taking, are they taking a calculated risk that a younger generation is this is where they're headed. And if you want to be relevant to the younger generation, you got to show them that you're on board or is it just the fact that marketing and creative people are, are nudging them ideologically in this direction because they, they feel their own virtues involved, which do you think it's both of those? One of the, what what do you think? Well, I think, I think it's a number of things. I mean, part of it is the, the, the different pressures that are at work in, in different corporate environments. Um, I, I, it's hard to know exactly what it is because you're, you're not necessarily going to gain a lot of customers by simply, you know, signaling your support for a particular cause. Um, you know, so, some of it is just quite frankly, just reasons to email everybody to keep your brand in front of people. You know, you don't mm-hmm. always have, you know, a brand new, a brand new shoe to talk about or whatever. And so if you're on a particular list or if there's a particular day that where, you know, a lot of your competitors are all signaling their support for a cause or, or uh, one cause or another, then I mean, you don't want to, you don't want them to be in front of their customers more than you are in front of yours. So you, you know, you want to do that as well. And then if you do it one year, well, you kind of have to do it the next year. Otherwise people are going to say, you know, well, are you not, 
you know, are you not uh, thinking about transgender people on this transgender awareness day? So once you sort of have moved into that that arena of of um, uh, displaying your your, um, your your the causes that you want to be identified with as a company, it, it's really hard to move back from that uh, when when there is a lot of pressure uh, on on big business to do this. I, th- I think what's worrisome for a lot of of uh, Christian parents is, um, you know, we've already felt pressure in in in, in the uh, increasing uh, when it comes to uh, big government. Uh, government, you know, wanting to sometimes go against the consciences of of people who want to uh, dissent from the the reigning orthodoxies of the sexual revolution or whatnot. We've already seen that happen. I think what's what's disturbing is to watch big government and big business together begin to to work in this direction. It, it, it makes for a very uh, uh, strong strong push, and um, you know conservatives politically have often been the ones for you know championing uh, the free market and and uh, big business and whatnot. Whereas uh, liberals politically have often been the ones wanting to rein in big business and want to uh, um, uh, see more government intervention. Um, it, what, what's fascinating is to watch both big business supported by the establishment wing, often of Republicans, and big government established, uh, supported by the establishment wing of, of liberal Democrats, wind up coming together for when they come together for particular causes. It, it exerts a kind of pressure that then leads to uh, uh, resistance, backlash, and you know, something of a populist revolt, which is something we've also seen in the last 10 years. Um, and where that all goes or how that all is going to be worked out, I don't know. I just know that for the, for the, the, the uh, American, for, for American citizens, the politicization of everything is, is, is not good for our society. It, 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 it's a corrosive yeah. influence that leads to the inability to love neighbors across ideological lines. Yeah. Trevin Wax is joining us. He is an author, a, a blogger, a theologian. Uh, he wrote an article, said we should talk about Disney, and we're doing that, not just about Disney, but about what that represents. Although we're going to take a time out, Trevin, when we come back, I want to talk about not the, the boycotts or the corporate posturing, but about the leaked phone call where a Disney executive uh exposed an ideological perspective that said, here's what you can expect from us. We are intentionally trying to promote in our entertainment um, uh, an anti-biblical worldview. We'll talk more about that. We'd love to have your phone calls uh, about Disney or about boycotts or about how we, how we should function as Christians when we see companies, corporate America, moving in directions that that we say this is out of sync with who I am and what I believe. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join us this afternoon, we'll continue the conversation as your Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on a Friday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine on KKLA and KPRZ. We're talking about uh, woke capitalism, about Disney and other corporations that are uh, promoting not just their brand, but their ideology, connecting their brand to a particular 
unbiblical ideology. Of course, again, we've talked about this works both ways. You've been to um, you've been to In and Out, right? So you you've checked the bottom of your cup at In and Out and seen the Bible verses that are there. I'm I'm sure there are people who don't go to In and Out for a burger because they put Bible verses on the bottom of their cup. And at at some level, a business owner's got to decide how much of of my own personal uh, viewpoint do I want represented or connected to the brand that I am I'm representing. And then as consumers, how much does that affect our consumer decisions? Trevin Wax is joining us this afternoon. He's an author, a theologian, a blogger, and a uh, I didn't mention this, but a visiting professor. Is that right? Are you a visiting professor at Wheaton College? I am. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so he's smart. We'll just say that he's a PhD. He knows what, what he's talking about here and, and a good, good social critic, cultural critic. I appreciate the newsletter each week. Uh, it's one thing for Nike or Disney or anyone to come along and say, these are values we stand for as a company and to advertise that and to market that. But in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a video. You mentioned this in your article. You refer to it as a jaw-dropping video where Disney creatives, a high-level Disney creative, is is basically saying, my goal is to make sure that, and I think this is what she said, 50% of characters and storylines in Disney creative uh, wind up being LGBTQ storylines and characters. And now all of a sudden, Trevin, that that moves it from uh, corporate values to corporate indoctrination. Yeah, the, the big difference here with this, I mean, we've talked about a lot of different corporations that have, you know, that are are aligning with particular causes, maybe marketing those causes to some extent, um, doing commercials that demonstrate their support uh, for particular causes. Disney is different, and the reason it's different is because in all of the other examples that we've given, whether it be Nike or you mentioned Merrill's uh, shoes, or if we're if we're talking about the you know a rainbow colored wrapper on your Whopper burger at um, at Burger King or something to that effect, uh, or you know Pepsi showing a, a commercial you know that is is obviously trying to make a political statement. In all of those cases, you have the product, and then you have the company, and you have the company aligning with particular values that you as the consumer of the product may or may not agree with. The difference with Disney is that they're talking about the product itself. You know, I, an Oreo is still an Oreo, no matter what they put on the wrapper, but, but Disney uh, creates entertainment that is beloved and watched by families uh, and uh, for in particular children uh, of all ages uh, all over the country and really around the world. And so when you see videos like this that are leaked, internal videos that are not meant to be public, but you see them leaked in which they, uh, uh, you've got some creatives who are, are demonstrating their, their support and their desire to, to uh, um, uh, um, push a message through their, their, the, you know, the art that they're, that they're doing. Well, it's no wonder that a lot of parents, stand up and are up in arms on that. Um, now, what, what they would say is, uh, this is not a political agenda at all. This is just representation. We just want there to be all the different kinds of people in the world represented in our films and in our movies and whatnot. I'm sure that 
I honestly think that many of the creatives, if you're listening to them talk about this, they do not see this uh, in political terms. They see this as a moral crusade. Um, but what, what that, what the, the challenge that Disney has is that crusade uh, is something that many parents, if not most parents, are, are really not looking to Disney for. They're not looking for Disney to, to inculcate you know, a particular moral vision of sexuality, particularly among children. This is just not, this, is, uh, this leads to a, an erosion of the trustworthiness of Disney's brand. And so the reason Disney's different than all of those others is that we're talking about the product itself, not just the values of the corporation that's putting out the product that we consume. Yeah, it, it would be one thing for Burger King to say, uh, we we're going to wrap your Whopper in, in rainbow wrapper. It's another thing if they say in the burger itself, we're going to have something that it's a food additive and you would go, I don't want that food additive in my burger. And they say, well, you should, because it's, this is, we, we all need this food additive. And you go, I'm, I'm not going to buy it if you're putting that in the burger. That's, that's basically, Disney is saying in our products, we're going to include a worldview, deliberately, intentionally, a worldview that is designed to bring you in line with our thinking ideologically. And it's a worldview that is out of step with biblical Christianity. Yes, that is that is exactly what some are saying. And at the same time, I, you know, Bob, I mean, we're talking here in California. I mean, there may be uh, people that that work at Disney. There could even be some listening to this very broadcast uh, who are believers. There are lots of believers. Or there are also uh, political conservatives at Disney. In fact, um, some of them have written some anonymous letters uh, the last uh, few weeks to to talk about the 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 intense pressure on the inside if you are a conservative politically, or if you are a, a, a Christian or a, a, a moral conservative of some sort, um, you know, there are plenty of people at Disney that are not on board with us, that do not want to see this uh, sort of hijack the agenda that they um, uh, see themselves as, as, as part of, as part of Disney's organization. Um, and so, you know, I, I assume that there's quite a bit of an internal struggle um, and some, some back and forth going on at Disney because, you know, as with as many employees as you've talked about, I mean, it would be it would be presumptuous to assume that all you know, two hundred thousand employees across all of these different um, um, entertainment properties are are all on the exact same page when it comes to uh, to uh, a moral vision of reality, uh, or or that they're all you know in lockstep when it comes to uh, religious views or the uh, views around sexuality. So. Um, so, you know, there's, I, I'm, I'm certain that there are um, people at Disney that are also in awe and worried about what has taken place in the last few weeks, what's become public, because, um, you know, not everyone, I assume, agrees with the creatives that are talking this way. But the fact that it is there and it's out in the open and that Disney has, has, has aligned themselves in this way gives a lot of parents pause and, and should, frankly. And I think that's the, the challenge that Disney is going to face in the days ahead. You know, uh, Netflix faced the same kind of a dilemma uh, a couple of months ago when they put out the special from Dave Chappelle and uh, a number of the Netflix employees were traumatized and triggered and walked out and protest. And I say a number. I think when they had their protest day, there were a couple of dozen, maybe 50 employees who walked out and protested along the sidewalk 
and so it's not the majority of Netflixers who, who work there who are walking out and doing this, but it does seem like those who are advocates for um, for gender politics these days, those who want to see the new world order come in around gender, they seem to be uh, very in, impassioned, very vocal, and seem to draw an unusual amount of attention. Is that because... Uh, the mainstream media is an ally to these gender politicians. Do you think? Um, I think it really depends on the on the the, the business. I mean, what was fascinating about the Netflix um, situation is that Netflix didn't back down, and eventually the story sort of fades. I mean, at yep. the end of the day, if the if the company says, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do, and of course, I'm not sort of applauding Netflix for having an, uh, a profane uh, comedian <laughs> on their on their site right. to begin with. I mean, I. It, it's interesting the way that certain uh, just the, the way that in, in a country that prioritizes and, and appreciates free speech and free expression, uh, the, the categories can get flipped a little bit. I remember just a few years ago uh, seeing conservative Christians really rally to uh, to Roseanne Barr after those comments that she made, really horrendous comments on Twitter, but then wound up, you know, losing her television show over it. And I, I remember thinking to myself, I remember in the 90s when I was a teenager that I couldn't, uh, when I was a kid and a teenager in the 80s and 90s, I could not watch Roseanne because right. <laughs> as a, my Christian parents didn't think that that was appropriate entertainment for me. And then it was just it, the, the way that uh, some of the, the, the categories get jumbled and the, and the weird, the weirdness of the people you find yourself allied, allied with at times is, is 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 just intriguing these days but it's because i think even among those who are do not share a christian worldview and would be on the liberal side of things there are those who still believe in the values of liberal democracy and who believe in free speech and so you may find yourself for example uh, resonating with some things that are being said by you know a, a barry weiss for example uh or or some some of these pundits who uh are not believers or are not um uh, in line with Christian Christianity when it comes to the worldview on sexuality and whatnot, and yet are fighting for space in society for debates to happen and for mm-hmm. good rational discourse to take place, and so and that that is a that is a commendable thing, um, and I hope that that will happen at Disney. Quite frankly, that among Disney employees there will be good conversations in the future about. Um, about this push and the wisdom of it or the, the lack of wisdom in it. Um, and that they, I, you know, I do this in the blog post, Bob, I make a, I make a case of just a, just a flat business case for why this, um, and, and, um, if, if for nothing else, that's, that's something that they should look at. Just look at the dollar signs before they, uh, before I get to how Christians should think about it, because it really, it's not good, going to be good for their business long-term to go in this direction. Yeah, trust me, they are looking at dollar signs today after the the governor of Florida signed the bill that he signed, and they're seeing some red ink that they've not seen before. Trevin Wax is joining us this afternoon. We're talking about Disney and about what's going on in Florida. We're talking about how we respond as as Christians and consumers and what's right and who do you who do you patronize and who do you not patronize? And what does the Bible tell us about this? In fact, when we come back, Trevin, I'd love for you to give us some guidance just to think about how we function as, as uh, corporate cons- or consumers in, in America. Uh, do, do we buy from 
people who in their corporate ideology, they're they're holding different views than we hold. We'd also love your calls at 888-52-TALKS. If you'd like to join us, we got questions or comments, 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, we'll continue the conversation as your Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Southern California Live on a Friday afternoon. I'm Bob Lapine on KKLA and KPRZ. Uh, we're talking about how we respond when companies uh, head off and start promoting values that we don't agree with, that we don't believe in, that do we spend our money there? I just have some friends who came back with their grandkids from a, uh, a few days at, at Disney World in Orlando you know, great time, rode the rides, pictures with Mickey and Goofy and all of that. The kids had a great time. They made a memory. They had a a family moment. They did not in their time there experience anything that was in their face in terms of indoctrination, any kind of woke ideology. And I I almost, I hesitate to use that term because that's so ill-defined these days, but you know what I'm talking about. And, and so if you're thinking about taking the family to Disney this summer, do you change your mind because of what's going on with Disney right now and the hue and cry that's coming out from the company saying uh, we support these values? We've got Trevin Wax joining us this afternoon. He's an author, a blogger, a theologian. I have mentioned his uh, his blog posts. And again, you can go to the Gospel Coalition website. He blogs there. You can sign up to get it sent to you as an email each week, as I do. It is worth reading. Last week, he wrote a blog post called We Should Talk About Disney. And so as as a parent uh, and who, one who has been on Disney cruises, what's your what's your Disney posture with your family going forward as a result of what's happened in the last 30 days, Trevin? Far, we haven't we haven't done anything specific as far as, you know, cutting our subscription to, to Disney Plus or, or trying to to boycott Disney, which boycotting would be a challenge, a bit of a challenge, just because they are, you know, you're, you're talking Hulu, you're talking ESPN, you're talking about uh, ABC. I mean, the, the Disney properties are so mammoth, and there are companies associated with Disney you wouldn't even know are associated with Disney. I, I, I think a little bit of ex- with experience as far as a Disney boycott is concerned, uh, you know, I, I I serve at the North American Mission Board, which is the uh, church planting arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, also we do a lot of uh, compassion uh, ministry through Send Relief in um, uh, all over the country. And as um, as someone who is at the North American Mission Board and is in the Southern Baptist Convention, I remember as a teenager when the Southern Baptist Convention passed a resolution recommending uh, a boycott of Disney for uh, for something similar. They already saw the, the, the drift at Disney when it came to um, uh, morals and values and wanted to make a statement. And that kind of lasted for about eight or nine years. It's, uh, it would be interesting to hear that, you know, there were, that wasn't binding on any Baptists. So there were, it's not like anyone necessarily had to do it. But I do know a lot of people that did not, did not do Disney for a time because of that, of that boycott. Um, uh, for, for us, and, you know, and there may be some that from a, from a conscience standpoint decide we're going to just cut complete ties with disney and and use some other kind of 
uh, family-friendly entertainment. Uh, my, my suggestion, though, Bob, would be to take one step back and to also look at this situation and recognize uh, any secular company, no matter how much they market themselves as family-friendly, uh, no secular company is truly friendly to Christian values uh, in, in, in all respects. Um, in fact, there are challenges and problems, even with the Disney movies going back you know, to the 80s and 90s and even back beyond into the, to the 50s and 60s. There is a philosophy of life that is at the core of many Disney movies that is not uh, really the Christian worldview. Um, and that, that philosophy of life is, that the, is this idea that the purpose of life is to look deep inside yourself, to find yourself, and then express yourself to the world. And no matter what anyone tells you, you be true to yourself and follow your heart and chase your dreams, and uh, happiness will be yours in the end. This is the dominant philosophy of most Disney movies going back for 50 years or so, um, partly because that has become the dominant philosophy of America. So in some ways, <laughs> Disney is just reflecting that. In other ways, Disney, by, by their music and by their movies, is also promoting that. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go, you know, trash all of my old Disney movies or that I'm not going to watch some of those classics that, that have endured and are, are really beautiful works of art with, with terrific music and lyrics and all sorts of things. But it does mean that as a parent, I'm not going to simply put things into buckets of safe and unsafe. There are plenty of G-rated movies that, uh, that may have philosophies or worldviews that are, are, are antithetical to a biblical worldview or in places not aligned with a biblical worldview. I, I think of a, you know, some of the, uh, uh, just even in classic literature, just because something is old or revered or something is beloved doesn't necessarily mean that it lines up at all places with a, with a Christian understanding of the world. Mm-hmm. And so what I would encourage parents to do um, you know, some may want to boycott, and that's and that's absolutely fine. I think people need to go according to their conscience on this. But even if you decide not to boycott, and even if you're if you decide you're going to watch, continue to watch some Disney films or some Disney television shows or um, Disney entertainment, or continue to to, to frequent the the theme parks, um, don't just be on the lookout for some sort of insertion of transgender ideology or some sort of uh, nod to the LGBTQ agenda or something like that. I think that's short-sighted. I think you should look for those things, of course, because we've had creatives telling us they want to put those things in the films. And you should look for those things, and if you see them with your kids, you need to talk about them. But what I would urge parents to do is something even beyond that, to be even more discerning than that by actually talking about philosophy of life, the worldview of any Disney movie they watch, whether it has anything remotely close to an LGBT agenda in it at all, uh, because uh, that's where I think that the, the 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 real battle takes place. It takes place in the 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 messages that come through the films and the shows and the, that we watch and the music that we listen to, the books that we read, that are not necessarily uh, uh, just blatantly in your face against the Christian worldview at the level of morals or sexuality. But the underlying philosophy of which is really a challenge. Um, you know, I wrote, I wrote a book called Rethink Yourself about this very thing, because I wanted yep. people who don't study philosophy to, to have their, that in their toolkit, to be able to identify those messages when they see them and talk through them with their, with their kids. And, and that's true, whether it's Disney or Marvel or 
or anything you watch, any entertainment, you ought to you ought to be asking what's the worldview behind this and have those conversations. My kids got really tired of me wanting to have those conversations after we watched something, but I kept persisting as a dad. Uh, David is on the line with us from Culver City, joining us at 888-52-TALKS, jumping into the conversation. David, welcome to Southern California Live. Are you there, David? Okay, we we uh, uh, apparently we made the point that David wanted to make, or or he uh, went through a bad cell uh, service and was not able to to pick up on this. So I, I mentioned Trevin the 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 idea that we ought to be having these discussions about worldview whenever we engage with art. I presume that your kids are tired of you bringing it up as well, like my kids were. Well, I've we started this young enough with our kids that they actually bring it up to us sometimes before we even get a chance to. Or they look good at for us them. We're thinking about it. So you know, I, I you know you mentioned uh, whether it's Disney or Marvel. That's another one of those things, Bob. Marvel is now Disney too. Right. <laughs> so right. You talk about Disney. I mean, from Star Wars to Marvel and everything else. But I mean, one of the things that I've uh, trained our kids to look for is the resurrection motif in virtually all superhero movies. Like you're, mm-hmm. in, in all the great epic stories, whether it be the Lord of the Rings or uh, Harry Potter or the Marvel uh, movies, but there's going generally there's going to be this moment where all hope is lost and where it seems like death is won, and then there's going to be some sort of resurrection, usually coming at some for some at, 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 as uh, some sort of uh, resurrection moment that usually comes after some kind of self-sacrifice of some sort. So I, you know, and I've trained my kids in such that they're they always are looking for when, where, what's the resurrection moment going to be here, and then looking to see how it is either similar or different from the biblical story of the world. Because I've told them, the reason these movies and these, that, that those themes resonate with people, even non-Christian people, is because it is a very dim reflection sometimes of the true story of the world. This is what has actually happened. This is the story of redemption from creation to new creation. And, uh, and, and people, even people that don't trust in Christ, are still moved by that picture of sacrifice, death, and resurrection because it's, it's, it's in the, 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 the warp and woof of the universe itself because this is how God designed us. So, hmm. uh, so yeah, we have these conversations, and we don't just watch films just to critique or analyze them. But we do want to have questions about what's this film trying to say and what is, you know, who are the characters and are, are, do you like this character or do you like that character? What is it about them that you like? What are their good characteristics, their bad characteristics? What are the, where are the places where, you know, you, you think they need to grow? Like those kinds of questions uh, lead to fantastic conversations. And so that's what I hope that Christians, parents and families will, will do no matter what happens at Disney my hope is that those conversations will happen in living rooms all across the country among uh, among believers, not just about what's coming out from Disney in the future, but also what they've already done in the past, even those beloved films from the, the, the Disney vault, like they like to say, to recognize what is good and beautiful in some of that, and what are some of the things that are untrue in that, that we, we need to interrogate a little bit. I think that's what we need to see in families across America uh, regardless of the particular stance that a parent may or a decision a parent might make about uh, particular films, uh, streaming platforms, and, and whatnot. Trevin Wax joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live. Check out his blog at uh, the Gospel Coalition website, tgc.org. 
Uh, check out his books as well. And Trevin, thanks for the time this afternoon. Appreciate you carving it out after a long week in Louisville. Bob, thank you so much for having me on. Always a joy. In the second hour, we're going to talk about life and about uh, the the changes that are coming from the Supreme Court. Brad Mattis is going to join us. Stay with us as your Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.